I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I, w I really, really wanted to ask you um, in the question of the week, tell me somebody in your life that you feel like will always keep their word. Uh, but I thought, you know what, somebody is probably going to mention somebody else in here. And if I do that, it's going to embarrass somebody. Even though it's such a good thing, not everybody likes the public praise. So, uh, but I, don't want, I want to encourage you that even though I didn't ask you so that I could tell everybody, is to tell that person that you appreciate them because they always keep their word. Uh, send them a text, give them a hug, give them a firm handshake, do something to help them recognize that you know that they are that person who always keeps their word. A coin has two sides. One side is that side that keeps the word, and the other side uh, is that person who doesn't keep the word. You probably can think of somebody in your life who you're not really sure that you can count on. You're not sure that you can rely on. Somebody that probably speaks before they think. They say they're going to be somewhere. They say they're going to do something. And when it comes down to it, you're left crossing your fingers, you're praying, and you're hoping that that person shows up. Anybody know someone like that? Okay, that would not make a good <laughs> A good question of the week so I didn't ask that and hopefully uh, you you don't have to experience that uh, very often in your life but you know that there's those two kinds of people the person you can count on through thick and thin and the person that you always have in the back of your mind I wonder if this person is going to come through you know as much as uh, I don't like people not being committed to something that they say they're going to do you know God doesn't like it either you know, there's a lot of people who tell God they're going to do something, they make a commitment, and they don't follow through, and God doesn't like it either. Solomon, we're going to be looking at in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, a little bit about this. And we have two very simple points to say, but two very difficult points to follow. The first is to think before I speak, and the second is to follow through when I say that I'm going to do something. Think before I say something. And if I say I'm going to do it, I need to make sure that I do it. Solomon is talking to the people, letting them know it's important to be a, a man or a woman of your word. So Ecclesiastes chapter 5, we're going to start with verses 1 through 3. And the idea is to think before you speak. It says, guard your steps when you go into the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. As a dream comes when there are many dreams, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. Solomon, he's, he's been to the temple. He helped build the temple. We, we talked a little bit about how great the temple was in Sunday school the last couple of weeks. And as Solomon's there, I'm sure he's witnessed a lot of things. He's witnessed people, they get excited, and they decide they want to make some kind of commitment, some kind of promise, some kind of vow to God. And perhaps, uh, and these, they, they could be rash vows, vow, uh, vows. They're not thinking before they're speaking. You know, maybe somebody says, I'm going to give my best uh, sheep. I'm going to give my best cow. I'm going to give my best goat to the Lord. Uh, but then later on, they regret it. And Solomon has witnessed that because, you know, when you, you give an animal to God, it's, it, and almost, I struggle to not feel like it's a waste because you're giving him something that's just going to die. I'm not going to get to eat this. I'm not going to, to get to enjoy this. But God says he deserves the best. Somebody might have said, you know what, I'm going to give a sum of money 
to the temple. Someone else said, might have said, I'm going to accomplish some task. And people get excited and they say that I'm going to do something. But those same people, Solomon watched them make these vows and these promises to God. And then a short while later, he watches these people regret it. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 6a says, Do not let your mouth lead you into sin and do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. They, they said, hey, I got excited and I'm going to do this. But when it came time for the rubber to meet the road, when it came time to fulfill that promise, they're thinking, wait a second, I don't think I meant what I said. I don't think that I want to follow through. I don't want to sacrifice my best oxen. I don't want to give the best that I have. Um, I don't want to give that money. I got something else that came up that I'd rather give that money to. I don't uh, want to go accomplish that task. It's going to cost me too much in order to go and do that. And this didn't make God happy. Uh, if you continue verse 6b, it made God upset. Why should God be angry at what, your hands, at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? It doesn't make God happy when those people committed to doing something and then they did not do it. Um, but people were still making vows anyway. Why did these people make these vows? Well, I think some people got they caught, caught up in the emotion. You know, they, they see other people doing it, the, the temple music playing, and they just, wow, everybody's involved in this, and I want to give this money, and I want to sacrifice these things. And without thinking, they're committing to doing all sorts of things for the Lord. Uh, some people, I think, might have been trying to appease God. You know, sometimes we look at back at our life and we say, you know what, what I did back then really I don't feel good about. I'm going to try to make it right to God by doing something else. And so they make some kind of commitment, getting caught up in the moment. Or some people back then, they might have been trying to make a deal with God. You know, I will give you this in hopes that someday you're going to give me this. All the wrong reasons, all rash decisions, all people speaking without thinking. Uh, there's an example in the Bible of a guy who did just that. He opened up his big mouth. He, he made a very rash decision without thinking about what the possible outcome or what the possible consequences might be. A guy by the name of Jephthah in Judges chapter 11 verses 30 to 35. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. It says, if you give the Ammonites into my hands, Whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return and triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's, and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. He's making a vow. He's making a promise. He's making a commitment that whatever I, when I get home, whatever comes out that door to greet me, I'm going to sacrifice it and give it to the Lord. Does that sound like a smart vow to anybody? Rash. Very, very rash. Very bad idea. It says then, verse 32, Then Jephthah went over to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gave them into his hands. He devastated 20 towns. Verse 34, When Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter? Dancing to the sound of the tambourines, she was an only child. Except for her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried, Oh, my daughter, you have made me miserable and wretched because I have made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. Very rash. I don't know if he didn't expect to come home alive or he, he was hoping somebody else was going to come out and meet him, uh, but it happened to be his daughter. He did not think about what the possible outcome of making this rash decision would be. And you find down in verse 39, after the two months, she returned to her father and he did to her as he had vowed and she was a virgin. So did he really sacrifice her? You know, there's different opinions uh, from commentaries as to whether or not 
he actually literally did, which I don't, I hope that he really didn't because God was not happy with the human sacrifice. Uh, there's the thought that maybe she was going to stay a virgin forever. She was never going to get married, you know, and that was just part of the consequences of his rash vow. You can wonder all day long, and that's, that's not even the point of what I'm trying to get across. The point is he made a rash vow without thinking about what the consequences were going to be. So Solomon, he's telling these people, be careful before you speak, before you commit to do anything, before you commit to uh, be somewhere, do something for the Lord, make sure you think before you do it. Anyone here ever make a rash vow or a rash commitment and then later on regret it? I have. I have my little blue uh, Ford Ranger. It came with a canopy on the back. Very nice canopy. And uh, if it, it was blue, it had windows, it was wonderful. Well, me, I opened up my big mouth and told this missionary friend in America, I'll give you that canopy. Boy, do I regret that. By the time it came back to doing it, I was like, I didn't feel like doing it anymore. I had 10 reasons, probably, as to why I did not want to do that. But I already told him, and then I had to go and deliver it to him. That would made it even worse. But I promised that I would do it, and so I did it. But I, it was a rash decision. I did not think about it. My wife was not happy. <laughs> I was not happy. I, w I could really use that right now. But people do that kind of thing all the time. They make rash decisions. You know, uh, some people say, God, if you will give me my health back, I will serve you forever. Um, I will do anything. I'll be a missionary in Africa if you just get me out of this trouble that I'm in. If you, um, I'll give you every extra dollar I make if I get to have this job or get this house. All things people get caught up. They're in a desperate situation. Yes, God, if you will do this, I will do this. But when it comes time to paying it up, I'm not really that interested in doing that. Uh, Psalms 15 verse 4 is not a very... It's not a very friendly verse. We read it for part of our scripture reading. Uh, it says, who keeps his oath even when it hurts. That's a tough lesson to learn. That I make a promise, and even though it, it, it pains me to do this, I'm going to follow through. And it's, um, I, I, I know sometimes we sign up for a situation, or we sign up to do something, but we didn't know something else was going to come. We didn't know when I committed to this that something else was going to be an option of, of before that time came. And so it hurts me to keep the commitment that I had already made. Um, and it, it's just tough. It's, you make a commitment, you've got to keep it. And Solomon is telling the people, instead of this stress, instead of this frustration of, of making a, dis, uh, a vow or a promise that I don't want to keep, he says, think before you speak. Uh, Solomon tells the people, um, that let's, let me read a couple verses. He says, guard your steps when you go into the house of God. He says, when you're on your way, guard your steps. Now, when you think of guarding, you think of like protecting yourself as, as if you're going into a place where there's an imminent danger. If I go into the house of God, I got to watch my steps. You know, it's not really a watch your steps kind of thing, but it's more of, of watch, kind of like biting your tongue. It's kind of like watching uh, what you say when you get there. Make sure that you're not going to do something that you are later on going to regret. It's remembering who God is when I get here, or when I, when I talk to God, remembering who He is and who I am, and making sure that I am careful uh, and what I say, what I commit to, to following, to following what God's Word says. And He says, instead of, He says, guard your steps when you get there. Make sure that you remember who you are in relation to God. 
But he also says, go to listen rather than to speak. Now, it sounds like people would go into the temple and they would, they would just race in there and they would say whatever came to their mind because they thought it was going to make God happy without thinking about the consequences. And they were making these rash vows. You know, maybe, like I said, it was, they used it as a bargaining tool. If I give God this, I'm going to give this. Maybe they were trying to suck up to God. Maybe they were trying to impress others. You know, if everybody else here is making commitments and, and I can overhear it, I'm going to get kind of caught up in the same thing of, of wanting to do what everybody else was doing. And I think maybe that's what was happening. Somebody else was committing to something. And without thinking of what it's going to cost me, I'm going to commit to the same thing. But whatever their reasons were, whatever they were committing to, the idea seemed to be that they were rushing to the temple and they were talking rather than listening to what God might want them to say. Maybe God didn't want them to commit to this sacrifice. He didn't want them to commit to this amount of money. He didn't want them to commit to this activity. But they didn't pay attention to what God wanted. They did exactly what they wanted and they, they regretted making the choice as well. You know, it's tough to, to listen or to, to think before you speak. Anybody ever regret saying something that you, re, saying something that you regretted later? You know, if, if you have a kid, I want you to listen to this, because kids say dumb things, okay? And this is a dumb thing that I said. When we first went to Davenport, uh, when I was like 9 or 10 years old, so I'm, I'm thinking like Caleb's age, uh, we went to the park, and uh, there was... Uh, my, one of my mom's new best friends, uh, we were out down at the park, and I said something that I regretted because I didn't think about it. She, she came to the park. She wasn't wearing makeup. You know, I don't know much about makeup. I don't know anything. All I know is her face didn't look the way it did when I had seen her before. And so without thinking, I opened up my mouth and said, what happened to your face? That was not a good, a good situation. But thinking before we speak applies to every area of life. You know, I, I can... I can say something off to my wife. I can regret yelling at my kids. I can commit to some extra work uh, at an extra time at work because I would, did not think before I spoke. And when it comes to the things of God, we need to think before we speak there as well. Obviously, it's going to be easier said than done. And how do we do that? We guard our steps. We, we go and we, we try to think before we speak. We, we bite our tongue before we just say the first thing that comes to our mind. And, and say to God as if we're going to do it. We're going to put God in his place, and we're going to keep us in our place. The Bible is full of scriptures with how great God is, which ultimately we are not. Um, Romans 11, 33 to 36. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that he should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. God doesn't need me making all these rash commitments that I don't want to make, that I'm going to regret later. God is God. He can handle if I make a little commitment or if I make no commitment at all. God, God is God, and he, he can handle it. We need to guard ourselves. And when we go to church or we go to any place where you're going to put yourself under uh, the authority of what the scripture says, if you're on the radio, if you're li reading it in scriptures, um, if you're sitting in church or Sunday school or Bible study or Awana, uh, we need to make sure that we are going to to listen rather than speak. You know, I I've, I've started teaching myself guitar. Uh, the, I've been pretty darn faithful to it the last couple of weeks. I was talking to Nicole this week. I said I wasn't going to say this. 
Uh, but I feel like confessing. Um, my, I, there's a difference between a resolution and a commitment. Okay, so when I I made a resolution that I was going to try to do four different things, I did not commit to them, which is good because I didn't keep them all. I have read my Bible. I have tried to make my wife happy. I have played the guitar, but I have not lo not lost my temper. Okay, so I have lost my temper at Noah. Okay, so. Um, but there's a difference between the two. But anyway, I, so I've, I've committed or I made a resolution that's going to try to practice my guitar. And I've done, I feel like, pretty, pretty well. But I got to thinking, um, it's, if I was to go talk to Mrs. Wegman, who is a doctor in music, uh, who, who knows what it takes to play the guitar and how good it is to, or how much practice goes into it, it's not going to sound very good if I go talk to her and say, hey, Mrs. Wagner, this is what I'm going to do. This is how long I'm going to practice. This is what I'm going to accomplish. Because that's just noise to her. Because she's, she wants the proof is in the pudding. She wants to see that I actually can play something. She's not impressed by big talk. She might be impressed if I actually get up here and play something uh, for you one of these days. But that's, that's kind of how it is with God. You know, she's not impressed if I say I'm going to do all these things because she knows kind of what's involved. God's not impressed if I say I'm going to give and I'm going to do um, and all these things. God knows if I'm going to do that. And he knows what's all involved in doing those, all those things. Going to a place to, to hear from God's word uh, is going with the idea of not just listening to it. It's with the idea of putting into practice, of doing what it says in James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, probably sounds pretty familiar. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So that when, whenever we get ourselves under the, the authority of God's word, we have to make sure that we are trying to put it into practice. We're going into the, God's house with the idea of I'm going to learn something, I'm going to hear something. Uh, when I read the Bible, then I'm going to put this into practice. And I know that takes work. I know, I know you guys have a very difficult job. Okay, I've been in your shoes. Once in a while, I find myself in your shoes. So I'm genuinely saying I know that it's, it can be difficult to be in your shoes sometimes. You know, uh, it's, it's difficult to sit there for like a half hour, 35 minutes, and listen to somebody talk at you. Okay, anybody will admit to that? Because I will admit to that. Yeah, Caleb's admitting to it. Okay, so I know it's hard to do. So we have some work we have to do on your part, on my part when I'm in your shoes. We need to make sure that we are focused. Uh, when you're reading the Bible, that you are focused. When somebody's up here talking in this Sunday school class, that you're focused because your mind, my mind, it likes to wander. What, did, what was I supposed to do last night? Uh, how many things do I have to do all this week? It's easy for my mind to wander. We have to be diligent the night before. Saturday night is a tough night to go to bed on time, isn't it? Right? Because it's like, oh, Sunday I get to sleep in. Thank you, Taven. It is. I will agree. It is tough to go to bed. But if we're going to come and hear from God's word, or if we're going to go somewhere and hear from God's word, we've got to prepare ourselves to make sure we are ready to take it in, that we are ready to listen. Uh, another good idea is this. Open up a Bible and follow along. It might help keep focus on what you are hearing, uh, what the preacher or what the Sunday school teacher is saying. Follow along and limit your distractions. 
Uh, you know, the, the very best place to be in all of church, to be not distracted. Anybody want to take a guess where that is? Exactly, the front row. And I know that's not a fun place to go. When I was in Bible school, we always sat in the very, it, I guess it, it was in the very back, and that was where people always came in. And we had little kids, so I understand. And we'd sit there, and the whole service, all I can see is what everybody else is doing. The, the kids running up and down the aisles, people who are talking, everything completely distracted. Bible school, they challenged us to sit in the very front row. I made it to the second row. Nobody was sitting in the front row, so it was like the front row. And it was like, I was completely not distracted anymore. No one could have to listen to me sing. I was able to completely hear what the preacher was saying. And I was so much better off. And it's really a great place to be if you don't want to be distracted. But the idea is that you're helping yourself out to hear what God wants you to hear. Going to God's house or going uh, to, to hear from God's word. I know reading the Bible, it's not a good idea to do that with the TV on. You know, it's not a good idea to listen to music while I'm trying to study uh, a memory verse, right? We've got to limit these distractions so we can get out from what God's Word says, everything He wants us to get from it. So first thing is we have to make sure we think before we speak. And there's lots involved in that. And the second thing is when you speak, act quickly. Verses 4 through 7, it says, When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. Fulfill your promise. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin and do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at you and destroy or at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore stand in awe of God. You know, God is not interested in unfulfilled vows. You know, God's not interested in unkept commitments or unfulfilled promises. God is expecting his people who make their commitments back then to fulfill it. I'm sorry that that sacrifice, you said you're going to do that. I'm, I'm sorry that it's, it's hard for you to part with old Betsy, but you need to do it. I'm sorry that you, want it, you have to depart with this money that all of a sudden you want to spend on something else. Um, and, it's, and it's not always easy, but if you say, it's almost telling them, if you say you're going to do something, it's important that you do it. I got a couple examples of some people who made, who made commitments, who made vows or promises, and they kept them. In uh, Jonah chapter, Jonah chapter 2, Jonah chapter 2, which I didn't realize this before studying this out, uh, chapter 2, verse 9, he says, but I with the song of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. And when he said that, he was in the belly of the, the fish. He says, I have made a vow and I'm going to fulfill it. It must have been something to do with, okay, God, if you get me out of this situation, I promise I will go to Nineveh and I will tell them whatever you want me to tell. And, and Jonah 3, find out that that's exactly what he did. He didn't appreciate the outcome, but he kept his vow that he said he was going to fill. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, uh, there's a, a gal who made a commitment to God. She made a vow and she decided to keep it. And this is Hannah. And she says, and she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. She wanted a kid that bad. She said, God, if you give me this kid, I will turn around and give him right back to you. Verses 24 to 28. 
It says, after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought them to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. So what she did, she, she begged God for this baby. If you give him to me, I'll turn around and give him right back to you. Now, I wanted to ask you a question. How easy do you think that was for Hannah? Even my kids on the honoriest days, I wouldn't want to say, okay, all of a sudden, here, I'm going to give you to somebody else to raise and to take care of. She was desperate for a son. She made a vow, kind of sounds like a rash vow to me. I'm like, I don't know what's the point of having this kid if you don't even get to keep him. But she said, I made this commitment, and I'm sure it broke her heart to give him up. But she said, I made this commitment to the Lord, and so I'm going to keep it. That's all I'm saying. If you make a promise, if you make a commitment to the Lord, make sure that you follow through. But I think it's also important that if we make a commitment to do something for the Lord, uh, we follow through with it as well, keeping our words to others. You know, because we are a walking testimony by everything that we say, by our attitudes, by our response to situations, but also to our commitment level as well. You know, I've, uh, you, prob you probably have too, but I've, I've worked with a lot of committed people in my lifetime, people that... Uh, when, I, when I was going through thick and thin and I needed somebody there for me, I could call on them every time they would be there. And that was my, my dad is one of those people. And I've seen it in like multiple areas of his life. When I was back in Davenport and I was working on my house, if he said he was going to be there, he was. When he said he'd be at church to, to help somebody with something, he was there. The camp that we used to go and be a part of, they always needed help uh, either as a speaker or as uh, maintenance kinds of things. You always, I always knew my dad was going to be there. I had no doubt whatsoever. If he couldn't make it, I knew it was because of something outside of his control. Have you ever worked with or been around people who um, are not committed? I, I've already mentioned this before. Um, I have, and it's, it's one of the most frustrating things in the world. And I, I know that people are not perfect, and I don't try to hold them to a standard of perfect. Um, but my goal is to try to be committed. If you ask me to do something, I try to make sure that I follow through. You know, throughout ministry, I've known a lot of people who um, didn't, they, they spoke, they got excited about doing something and that they didn't do it. I was a VBS coordinator and I had this gal that said, hey, I'll do crafts. Pretty darn big job, right? Anybody here ever do crafts, don't want to do that again? She said she would do this and then at the last minute, guess what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to find another craft person. I had to drag my sister from Idaho to Washington for a whole week to be my craft person because at the last minute I needed help because she, this gal did not keep her commitment. Um, I've had in youth group where I've had people say, hey, I want to do the, the youth group lesson. Okay. And they show up and they didn't have a lesson together. What am I supposed to do at that point? <laughs> you know, that's pretty difficult. Or a guy who, who said he'd do the games, showed up late, didn't have a game ready, which fortunately I knew these people well enough that I had backup plans. I, I, I came up with a lesson just in case. I had game ideas just in case. Uh, but I shouldn't have to do that. I remember at this camp, a thought just came to mind, there was a speaker for camp. This is like I was uh, like 20 years old. I was preaching at this little church of the Wildwood. It was, it was a great little church. It was about the half of this side of the church pews. And the, the, the camp speaker didn't show up. And this was just like a retreat. There was like 30 or 40 kids. And my brother was in charge of it, so guess who was speaking that night? I was, because I had prepared a message for Sunday, but I wasn't ready to do that. And it's just, just example after example where God gets the shaft, where people say, you know what, 
something better has come up and I've I've had to deal with that and it's it is frustrating you know and it's if you've had to deal with that you understand that for frustration as well and if, you know some people volunteer to do something like some this guy who wanted to speak volunteered to speak this guy to do the games volunteered to do games and I don't know why they volunteer except for I think they get it caught up in the emotion they see that I'm doing it they say I want to do it too people say good job they like the praise they like the glory for whatever all there is and so they say I want to do that too but then they don't keep their commitment and I, I just I don't understand why you know uh, when when one person commits to doing something and doesn't follow through with it, it makes it a lot harder than other people and I, I talked to Mr. Schumacher on uh, if you guys went to the basketball game on Tuesday night Mr. Schumacher was out there with, he had tennis shoes on, but he's wearing slacks and a button-down shirt and like this pullover uh, referee outfit. He was running up and down the court, back and forth. And so there was this another guy that was doing the same thing. And he's like completely not a basketball referee outfit. Um, but it, he was willing to get out there and do it, which it wasn't because somebody did not keep their commitment. It was because of a uh, wire mix-up of who was supposed to show up. But the thing is, it was just a perfect example of somebody else having to step in and do something that they were not prepared to do in order to have a basketball game. Cliff and I were talking about how, you know, if it came down to it, we were not going out there. <laughs> it was not worth it to us. But you get the idea. If one person says they're going to do it and they don't, all of a sudden all this weight gets dumped on somebody else. Now, I don't say all that because I think you guys are terrible. I don't say that because I think I have it all figured out. Nobody in here is perfect. I'm not even perfect uh, when it comes to, to, to keeping our, to my commitment. But the, the thing is, I need to try. I need to make it my goal. Not because so everybody pats me on the back and says, wow, Josh, you're so wonderful. But because of Jesus Christ. Because he keeps and has kept every commitment, every promise that he has made. It's kind of funny to listen to some of the answers in Sunday school. Because this is the same thing that we were discussing uh, about where you can see God and how God kind of keeps his word. Acts 16.31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. If you believe, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get salvation. You can you stand on the promises of God. He says, I will do it. He's going to do it. You have nothing to worry about. And because Jesus is faithful to his word, I need to be faithful to mine. If I, can, if I screw up and I confess my sins, God promises he's going to forgive me. Grandpa Williams, who passed away, says, you can take it to the bank. I have a 100% guarantee God says, if God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. I know because that's what God's word says. You know, we all want commitment. We all want people to keep their promises. Um... We all want, if we're going to hire somebody, we want them to be reliable. If we're going to vote for somebody, we want them to keep the promises that they made while they were in office. If we find ourselves in a desperate situation needing somebody, and somebody says they're going to show up, we want them on our side. We want them to do that. And that's exactly what God wants. And that's exactly what God deserves. If we, if we commit to something to God, it should be more important than our jobs. It should be more important than my family. It should be more important than the sports that I'm involved in. Because that's who God is. So I want to challenge you this week. If you told God you would do something, don't let anything stop you. Hell or high water, do what, God, what you told God you were going to do. If you told your spouse you're going to do something this week or this past couple of weeks, do it. 
If you told your parents, I will do it, kids, make sure that you do it. Be a person of your word. If you said you're going to show up somewhere to help somebody, show up to help somebody. Don't let anything stop you from getting there. If you said that you're going to call and check in on somebody, guess what you should do? Call and check in with somebody. If you said you're going to give financially to support somebody, make sure that you give financially to support somebody. We can stand on the promises of God because God keeps his word. And I encourage you, as I encourage myself, to try to be that same kind of person that keeps my word no matter what the cost. God is faithful to keep his word, and we need to be faithful to keep ours. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for being so faithful to your promises, to so faithful to do what you said that you will do, that you will forgive me, God, that you um, work in my life to do what's best for me, even if I don't like it. God, I don't have to wonder what you're doing, because, I, God, I know that you are good. God, I know it's tough for us. It's tough for me to, to think before I speak, before I commit to something. And, God, sometimes I regret opening my mouth and saying things, but I do. Um, I just pray that, please, God, if I make a commitment, that you would help me to keep it. And if I've made a commitment in the past that I haven't remembered, God, please bring that to mind so that I am being a man of my word. And if for, for us, God, as we commit to each other, as we commit to you, God, help us all to commit uh, to be faithful to fulfill the commitments that we made. Thank you, God, for being so good and being so true to your word. Thank you that we can stand on your promises. In Jesus' name, amen.